Welcome to the Mother Nurture Podcast, hosted by Dr. Andrea Rosario, functional neurologist and doctor of chiropractic, specializing in functional medicine, caring for individuals and families with chronic conditions for over 15 years. Hi there, Andrea Rosario here, and I hope this finds you doing well today. Today, I want to talk to you about exercise and when it may be more harmful than helpful for your health and well-being. So I want to talk to you about overtraining and who might be predisposed to falling into an overtraining syndrome, as well as what that looks like from a performance standpoint, a psychological standpoint, and from a physical standpoint. I want to share with you some of the benefits of certain types of exercises and some of the downfalls of them in your predisposition to overtraining and so that we can learn to balance it. And in that same light, I want to share with you a functional neurology tip that will help you determine on your own at home where your neurological capacity is for exercise so that you don't throw yourself into fight or flight and do more harm than good. So I'll share that tip with you. And then finally, I want to share a everybody must do this tip to keep yourself out of fight or flight if you are a person who exercises because you tend to go into fight or flight mode when you exercise, no matter what type of exercise it is. So I will share that tip with you at the very end. And I hope you enjoy this episode. I have to share with you how my first aha moment, my first awakening into how powerful overtraining can be on a person. One of my first functional medicine clients, probably within the first six months of me practicing functional medicine, she was a 26-year-old, totally looked healthy from head to toe, not overweight, not out of shape seeming, wouldn't know because she was a silent sufferer of autoimmune thyroid issues, Hashimoto's, and you wouldn't know how badly she was suffering because if you looked at her, she was cute, young, vibrant seeming, and you just would have no idea. But what we discovered in our working together that her muscles were absolutely wasted away. There was just not much muscle tone. She had not much strength. And what totally shook me is her lack of endurance. We tried to do just some basic jog in place, jumping jacks, just to see what her heart rate did. And within 20 seconds of starting any kind of intense exercise, she was feeling faint. She had to sit down. She absolutely could not breathe. It was horrific. And you would never know this by looking at her. So aside from our topic today, there's just a little lesson in there, right? Like a lot of people suffer really immensely and you cannot tell by looking at them. So this poor, sweet girl, she was a young lady. uh, She just wanted so badly to be a marathon runner. She had visions for herself that she was an athlete and she was trying to convince me in that very moment that she could only do about 20 seconds before she had to sit down of exercise. She was trying to convince me that she was going to do a half marathon at Disneyland that year. And I had my doubts quite personally, and I was telling her not to rush it. Maybe the year after, you know, we might have to work to it. But a few months into treatment, when she got rid of a lot of stressors on her body, food stressors that were just foods that were not agreeing with her, 
a ton of oxidative stress, which happens when you don't have enough antioxidants. She wasn't absorbing things originally. There were so many different stressors on her body that we just started peeling the layers back. And she was almost like a new person. She was able to exercise. I was able to neurologically monitor her and her heart rate and what was happening. And she was indeed thriving. About six months after she stopped her active working with me, trying to get her through the nitty gritty, like the depths of illness, she actually came by my office to tell me that she had just completed her half marathon at Disneyland. And about a year, year and a half after that, she came by my office to share with me some pictures and her medals from being in, it was sort of like a bodybuilding or a physique type of competition type thing. You can tell I'm really in on the um, terminology here, but you know, the ones where they tan themselves all up and they go out in bikinis and heels. Yeah, she looked amazing and she was ripped. Her muscle tone was back. It was incredible. But you know what? Had she kept trying to push herself to train for that marathon or tried to do this whole bodybuilding competition thing that she had done during the time that I had initially met her, she would have been in awful shape and spiraled herself further down into the hole of illness. And so that was my very first, like, holy cow, that is impactful experience with overtraining and what your body is capable of with exercise, depending on where you are in your health status. And I've seen it now year after year after year with people who have come to me and are just like, maybe not as extreme as her. Sure. Maybe they can do a half hour workout, but they crash afterwards. Like they're exhausted or it takes them several days to recover or their performance isn't as good. It's getting worse and worse instead of them getting stronger and stronger. There are so many different types of illnesses that this happens with. And so I want to start with that and tell you that if you have any of these type of illnesses, you want to pay attention to today's topic and make sure that you are not overtraining your body for what it is capable of at the current moment. So if you have adrenal problems, if your cortisol runs too high, your stress hormone runs too high, or it runs too low, or if you have systemic inflammation, like maybe you're eating some foods that your body does not like, you have achy joints and muscles all the time, that type of thing, or migraines, any kind of inflammatory type response in your body that you haven't figured out why that makes you more susceptible to overtraining. If you are depressed, if you have immune weakness or immune dysfunction like autoimmunity, if you have hormone imbalances or nutrition deficiencies or you're obese, these are all very common conditions and situations that you might be in with your health right now that makes you need to pay extra special attention to the symptoms that you may be overtraining and honor your body for where it is in this current moment. So why does this overtraining happen? Well, it can happen due to oxidative stress in your body. So when you think of oxidation, it's one of the ways in which we age. And you can think of, if we're going to use like a real world example, you can think of a hammer or a screwdriver, something metal. And if you leave it wet, it rusts. That rust is actually oxidation. And that can happen in your body. All of those health conditions that I mentioned 
are prone to increased oxidation. And I would also say if your blood sugar is going up and down and all around and isn't stable, that's another reason why you're prone to oxidation. And that oxidation is part of the whole story of overtraining when exercise is actually more harmful for you than it is good. So some of the symptoms I want to share with you that you may not even know are tied with overtraining. We'll first go through the performance ones. You know, if you're working out, you should be getting stronger, right? Every time you should get stronger, definitely week after week or month after month, you should be getting and feeling stronger. If you're actually getting weaker, you're definitely overtraining. If your performance is getting worse in general, maybe if you're a runner and you're running slower, that's a sign that you're overtraining. If you're being prone to injuries, like all of a sudden your shoulder's bugging you and your hip's bugging you and all of that, probably overtraining. If you're not able to recover well from your workouts, like you work out and then you're exhausted the whole rest of the day, or it takes you a couple of days before you're able to really pull up your energy enough to go for another workout, that's a sign of overtraining or the inability to complete your workout. Whereas you used to be able to go a half hour of working out. Now you're just like, I'm shot at like 20 minutes. There's just no more going on. That is another performance type sign of overtraining. Then we have psychological forms, which this is the one that I think most people don't even associate with overtraining at all. And that is when you stop having motivation and enthusiasm for working out, that isn't just laziness. It's probably not laziness at all. That can actually be your body signaling to you like, oof, this is too much. You're pushing me too hard. I can't do it right now. If you don't have any competitive drive in you where you're trying to be better than yourself anymore, that kind of goes along with the motivation, right? If you're not having that competitive drive that you usually have, there you go. That's another one. Depression, irritability, or like you're getting aggressive for like no reason. Everyone's bugging you and you're just like, get out of my face. <laughs> Those are all signs of overtraining. So most people don't think about the psychological signs. And so I just wanted to bring them to your attention today. And then the physical health signs that you're overtraining would be like, if your immune system gets weakened and all of a sudden you're getting sick a lot, if you've lost your sex drive, it's normally pretty healthy. And you're just like, eh, I could care less. That again, not a good sign as far as the whole body's function is concerned. You can sometimes lose your menstrual cycle. This is really common in uh, women who are underweight, but it can just be that you're overtraining as well, even if you're not underweight. You can also either gain weight or lose weight without like cause. You know, you can gain or lose. It can go one way or another, depending on your genetics, your body type, what you're prone to. And then you can also lose your muscle strength and you have a little bit hard time getting up off the floor or, you know, carrying things that you usually can carry. These are all signs that your body's in oxidative stress. You're doing way too much physical activity for where you are currently at in this chapter of your health. Okay. So I wanted to talk to you about the different kinds of exercise and where you can get a really big bang for your buck and where you need to sort of weigh the pros and cons and know that where you're more susceptible for overtraining so that we can kind of go into the discussion of what is best for you right now. 
Okay, so we talked about the predispositions to overtraining and some of the better and lesser known symptoms that you're overtraining. So we're gonna talk now about light to medium impact exercise versus high intensity exercise. So you can get a huge amount of bang for your buck with high intensity exercise. And I am talking about get your heart rate up where you could talk, but you don't want to. That would be like a high intensity zone. And I'm not talking about staying there on the treadmill. Heavens, please don't do that. I don't want to see you in my office because you've done that in the high intensity zone for like 20 minutes or something like that. When I'm talking about high intensity, I'm not talking about a long period of time. But when you look at the different benefits of exercising, I'll talk to you about how much it helps with lower medium intensity and how much it helps with the higher intensity. And then we'll talk about how to mitigate it. So let's start with growth hormone. Growth hormone is good for many things. It's good to build your brain function. It builds strength within your bones. It builds strength within your muscles. It helps with tissue repair. It helps boost your metabolism and help you lose weight. And it is good in general for longevity. And so we definitely want growth hormone in our life, right? When it comes to exercise, it can in some ways produce growth hormone within your body. And that is only if you're doing high intensity exercise. That's like I said, the intensity where you could talk, but you just don't want to, that would be where you could actually produce growth hormone. You don't get growth hormone production in any respectable amount with light or moderate exercise. So that walk around the block, all of its health benefits, amazing, but not for growth hormone production. All right. So that is something you only get with high intensity exercise opioid response, which is basically the endorphins that can help you with your mood, with like pain tolerance and your affect. You only get those endorphins with high intensity exercise. It does not come with light to medium intensity exercise. So again, high intensity, a powerhouse right there. The next one is ENOS. It's endothelial nitric oxide synthase. And so we want that to be produced in your body. So what does ENOS do? It is cardioprotective. It helps your arteries relax. And it also helps with the oxidative stress in your body. It is very, very, very good for your heart. And you definitely want that in your life. So we have actual relative amount of ENOS production depending on how intense our exercise is. So light exercise helps some, moderate helps more than light, and high intensity exercise helps most of all of them. The next health benefit to exercise is the production of brain-derived neurotropic factor. That's a lot of big words, but what it comes down to is it helps you maintain your neurons. So it helps your neurons grow. It helps them become more efficient in their connections, and it helps you maintain them so that they don't die off. I mean, this is part of the reason why exercise is so incredibly important to avoid dementia. It's really, really important. This brain drive neurotropic factor is like gold. You definitely want that. So much like the ENOS, the brain-derived neurotropic factor, you will get a 
relative amount according to how much activity. So you basically produce a bit if you're taking light activity and exercise, a bit more if you're doing medium intensity exercise. And then if you're doing high intensity exercise, you get big amounts of production of the brain derived neurotrophic factor. So that's really important. Then there's two more benefits and they kind of are similar in how they respond to exercise. We have insulin sensitivity to help you to not be diabetic and we have immune enhancement. Both of them get benefited from light or moderate exercise for sure, but massive benefit from high intensity exercise. So you can see like, oof, if you only have a little bit of time in the day, high intensity might be where it's at, but there's a trick. Even though all of those beautiful benefits of exercise come in high production and high intensity, if you're using high intensity exercise, hate to say it, but it's actually very much more likely that you are going to overtrain if you're in high intensity exercise. That's why when I said, oh, please don't go at high intensity on a treadmill for 20, 30, 40 minutes. That is definitely not what I want you to do from our discussion today, okay? Yes, you're gonna get all kinds of benefits, but you don't have to do it very long to get those benefits. You can actually get all of those benefits that I just shared with you in high amounts if you're doing three to seven minutes of high intensity exercise per day three to seven minutes. You know what that is? That is dancing your butt off to a song. It is not a high ask for most people to do three minutes of high intensity. It is true, however, that not everybody can even do three minutes. You can take the young lady that I shared with you at the beginning of this episode as an example. She was like 20, 30 seconds. It's unfortunate, but it, it really does happen. What you can do now, I'm going to share with you my functional neurology tip to figuring out what kind or how much of high intensity your body can handle. And that way, you know, between three to seven minutes, how much you want to give yourself every single day to go get all those amazing benefits and avoid the overtraining that so many people fall into. Most of us have a pulse oximeter now that we have been through the COVID times. And that is the only tool that you actually need in order to figure out what your body can handle and tolerate. So how this looks is you wanna get to the high intensity type feeling in your body, like your heart rate and all of that. Like you wanna go, if you're gonna run or if you're gonna walk or you're gonna be on a treadmill or on an exercise bike, you want to get to the point where you could talk, but you don't really want to, it's uncomfortable. And you kind of stay at that pace. So if you stay at that pace, your heart rate on that pulse oximeter should be stable. It shouldn't keep going up and it sure as heck should not go down. Okay, so get yourself to that pacing and then stay at that pacing so that you know that you're not pushing yourself any farther or any less. And you're going to check your pulse ox every 15 to 30 seconds and see, is it about the same level? Once it starts going up and you have not increased your intensity, that is a sign that your nervous system is getting overtaxed. You are going into sympathetic dominance. You have gone too far. 
mark your time and that is too far for you. You need to pull it back down. Okay. Now I hate to say it, but if you're exercising and at the current pace, you are not moving your pace at all and you watch your pulse dip, oh boy, you stop immediately. Okay. That is bad news. And that means you probably should be very careful on what kind of exercise you're doing. And this may not even be a time to exercise beyond a walk around the block or some gentle yoga. Okay. Cause that means your nervous system is really not okay with this amount of exercise. So let's just say you are doing a quick jog. Cause that's where you're at. Like fitness wise, that's easy for you, but you can't get out of breath with it. So, okay. That's what you choose to do. If you're not in that good of shape and you can get to that fitness level with just like a little bit of an incline on a walk, great. Wherever you're at, use it. So if you're going at a slow jog and you're going at the normal pace, you're not feeling any more winded or any less winded, you're kind of stable. Let yourself kind of get to that point for 30 to 60 seconds, right? Takes a little bit to build yourself up to where your pacing is at and get your heart rate settled. Let's just say 60 seconds, you can look at your pulse ox and you wanna look at the, the heart rate that you've got and you mark it down. And then you keep going at that pace and you mark it down 15 to 30 seconds later. Keep going at that pace, 15 to 30 seconds later. Let's just say you got to five minutes and then you noticed your pulse started to raise. I would probably do four minutes of high intensity exercise and not go to five for a while. You can stay at four. And then eventually you'll be able to do five, but you'll be testing yourself a while later. And if this is the case for you, then you want to start looking at where is the causative factor? What is stressing my body out, right? Is it food that I'm eating? Am I not getting enough antioxidants? Is my blood sugar flying all over the place? Do I have a leaky gut and a leaky blood brain barrier? you know, which basically would create inflammation in your brain. And then that would kind of mess up your autonomics, like your fight or flight versus rest and digest system. You can just kind of look around at your health. It's my autoimmunity and flare. We have to figure out where your lack of endurance is coming from and peel that layer off. And then you can be like my dear sweet friend that went and did her half marathon at Disneyland. You just have to get there when it's legit for you to be able to get there and not hurting your body more than helping it. Okay. So like I said, then you could do four minutes of high intensity exercise every single day and get all the benefits without overtraining. Although I would probably still keep an eye on the list of symptoms of overtraining and make sure that you didn't slide in there unbeknownst to yourself. Okay. So finally, I want to end sharing with you the one thing that I think everybody needs to do after they exercise. After every exercise, please take at least two to three minutes to meditate or do breathing exercises. I don't care which one you use. I don't care if you pray instead of meditate. It does not matter to me. What you have to do though, is when you've exercised, you need to pull your body out of sympathetic, fight or flight dominance that happens when you exercise and pull yourself back down into parasympathetic mode, rest and digest. And you should do that every time you exercise, or you can get more stuck in that sympathetic dominance. And none of us need that because as a society, we tend to live in that fight or flight mode way more than we ever should. So 
the major tip and trick there is please, if you're going to exercise, take two to three minutes at least, meditate, pray, breathing exercises, whatever tickles your fancy, make sure you do that. In summary for today, we talked about what can predispose you to overtraining and making your exercise more harmful than helpful. We talked about the symptoms of overtraining, both performance-wise, psychologically, and physically. We talked about the benefits of exercising, and I got down into the individual chemicals that are released. I know that was a little sciencey, but it's important to know, and which ones are released when you're doing high intensity versus low and medium intensity, and then how we can avoid overtraining when we are doing the high intensity workouts, how we can measure our own using the functional neurology tool and your handy dandy pulse oximeter that we all tend to have now these days. And then finally, the big, huge exercise tip, which is please meditate, pray, do breathing exercises two to three minutes after every single exercising episode. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I hope this was helpful and I will look forward to talking to you next week. Take care. Bye-bye.